good. So he was a great teacher. And what I was writing at that point was a fairly straightforward, serious, you know, short stories because I thought that's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> but he was very good at dealing with realism. He could deal with any kind of writing, you know what I mean? And I think sometimes people think like, well, you know, a writer of a certain style only teach that certain style, but it's not the case for him. But he did challenge me when I was leaving the program. So I'm like, now, what else can you do? Because I had been writing this, I hadn't really found my voice yet, I don't think. Maybe a, glimpses of it in a story or two. Okay. And that was something that came to me more, you know, beginning actually with, well, there was a story called In Our State that was in Harper's, which was kind of a strange, it was like a, a troubled community, you know, so that weird things were happening in this community, like unbelievable things, really, which might, you know, be related. And I had a story in um, the South Carolina Review called If You Do Not Find His Home, which I think is the first appearance of Dan Norman. Okay. He's just a sheriff in the bit part on a golf course. And they, it's not like the same place or anything, but I just, the name, I think, is in there. And then he needs a sheriff. So I thought, well, fine, there it is. So I kind of began, Cooper's challenge was a good one, and it was just the right thing I needed to hear. To, and is that, that seems to be what you've done throughout your career, just to push yourself. Yeah. To try to do different things and do new things, yeah. And that's just to keep the writing fresh and... Yeah, yeah. And also, once your, your, your preferences just change. I mean, the kind of sentences you want to mm. make, they don't... It's not a static thing, I don't think. I mean, and I don't think musicians want to keep writing the same tune. Not good ones, I don't think. Yeah, Once yeah, you... yeah, yeah. Or painters the same, you know. I mean, look at all the different things that Hockney has done. And I actually made some paper paintings one time that was that were uh, influenced by some of Hockney's work. Because I took an art class at, uh, when I was at Brown, I took an art class at RISD where we made paper. That was kind of, you know, like I, I have a fairly strong engagement with visual art. Not like, you know, the history of it or anything, but just like, like to, you know, look at pictures. And, and I, I took a bunch of photographs when I was living in Los Angeles. I had a website called Signs of Los Angeles, and a lot of it was just that, like signs in Los Angeles, you know. But you're pretty visual, or certainly in, in the end of Anderson, you're Pretty. Yeah, I try, to, I try to make the images clear so people can see them. Yeah. And are you a realist in, the, in, in that way? Would you? Or, I, mean, I always thought realist was perhaps not quite... It just, it just felt... It was desirable for it just to be re real in a way that, that, mm -hmm. you, that the narrator is trying to convince, convince me that... Yeah. There's, I think that you know, there, there was a very nice line, I think, where Dan throws something across the room and, and, and the line is something, it's still there today right and it's almost like the fourth wall is great bit. Um, yeah yeah um, yeah this, this there is some kind of time shifting that goes on in that mm. way which I do I do think I mean it's like if you overdid it it would be mm. no it's, I think they're only boring but I mean to, to do that once in a while to like skip forward and, and remind that there is a that there is a reality to this story that continues even after you finish it yeah. you know which is an illusion, but a good one.
stories I could give the novelists. It's a sense I, I really wanted to know what happens to them after. And, and it sounds like you've continued the stories that exist to some extent as a real place yeah. in your imagination. Yeah. Why did you want? Why did you want to con- continue working with these yeah. people? It's like, you know, I feel like a playwright who has a favorite theater and the cast that they, that, you know, the playwright likes to work with, you know. And I like this stage. It gives me the outdoors and it gives me little houses, which I like. And, and you know, and then kind of things that are, some things that are new, but a lot of things that are really old and roads, hills, Trees, stars, rivers, bridges, you know, all these things are like, it's important to me as things to look at. You know, and there is this sense of like, well, everybody knows everybody. So you don't have a lot of, you're not spending a great deal of the novel with people meeting each other and saying, oh, hello, my name is, you know. So I like that, just as something that, you know, I feel like there's a, a narrative clutter that can come from, like, if you have a character who doesn't know anybody in a place. So, so yeah, so I like that part of it. And it's just like all the people I need. And then, you know, some of the people who are young and at the end of vandalism are now, like Albert is, I forget how old he is. But he's grown up and he's a, like a newspaper reporter okay. in um, Pacific. Okay. And so you've got this new, this younger group. And, you know, I just think there's a lot, there's like all the people here that, that I need to write the kind of stories I want to write. And I don't feel limited either. That's the other thing is they're not supposed to be representing, you know, Iowa or or my town or anything. The experiences that go into these books come from all over the place. You know, all the places I've lived. And there's a lot of them. You've written books not set in, in, in Grass County. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When do, you make, when do you make that kind of distinction that if, if everything could go into Grass County? I don't know. I mean, I just, I tend to come, come back to them every other book. Okay. But yeah, like they're, they're my, you know, sort of repertory company and to write the story is to find out what they're going to do with the script. <laughs> and it moves through, the, the story moves through time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So there was one out, so there's, there's two other episodes. Is there, will you be taking a break now from them to... to, to yes, I am working else? on okay. yeah. yeah. But that will be, possibly they'll return. Possibly they will return. Could I ask what you're working on now? Or is it, yes, I'm working on another novel. Um, one thing that's happened um, is that I begin working more with um, with inspiration from like folk tales and you know sort of magic somewhat, but in a kind of a very matter of fact way, okay. where it mixes with ordinary life in a way that I one hopes makes it credible, and also then you have things that either are completely unexplainable or there might be an explanation, you know, things like that. So what I've been working with is the, uh, the Faust legend, because um, I've never written, I've never written about, you know, Mephistopheles. <laughs> and one of the things that always happens to me is when I try to make a character bad, they always end up being good in some way. Yeah, I felt like a bit of a tiny that we were meant to not like him very much. and then Yeah, but, you know... He's human. 
the second book, uh, Hunts and Dreams, is completely devoted to uh, Tiny and Joan Gower, and they have a son, and Joan has a uh, daughter who she gave up for adoption, who comes back to live with them. In fact, it's sort of like delivered to them to live with them by some group called the Homebringers, which sort of takes its mission as finding kids who are like who were given up for adoption and returning them to the birth mother, whether anybody is requested. <laughs> it's kind of an odd notion, but it seemed to me something that you know. So anyway, so that's and it's set. It takes place over four days in October. You know, so it's like a very uh, compressed narrative, and it's got. I think it's more like um, maybe a little bit m- more of. Um, little closer to the point of view characters okay. which the four members of the family each take their turns having the point of view and um, so that it's closer to them and maybe gives more of their kind of maybe gives kind of more of their emotional state and then and then Pacific is different still that's the third book and it's a lot happens in it um, it's set in Los Angeles and in Grouse County it features one new character who's believes herself to be a Celtic warrior. Okay. Um, and, uh, and sort of in this kind of the, you know, the, what I was doing there was just trying to see what that would be like for somebody trying to exist in, in, a, in a, you know, a rural setting with this kind of belief, which you're really not sure if it's true or not. Yeah. And here, you know, Louise and Dan return. Okay. You know, they're not in the middle novel. And other things. But I think the different thing about it stylistically is it's very distilled and there really isn't any extra language. I'm curious what you're saying about the Faust myth and, and Celtic warriors. I mean, religion is, is, is there or thereabouts. Yeah. Um, and it's obviously an important form of community. Well, I was wondering, was it a big part when you were growing up? Was that one mm. of the ways that... Mm-hmm. Definitely. And that was also like another introduction to story was like, um, you know, hearing... The and reading uh, from the King James Bible um, uh, when we would go to church because I had to go to church every Sunday. Our mother made us, so we had to. Um, did you believe at, at any point in your life? Did I believe? Yeah. Did you have? Gosh. <laughs> I mean, I I read what it said and and I I listened to the lessons and it spoke of all kinds of things that I then would not go on to experience. So I guess as I learned about it, I came to adopt more of Louise's position that it's like a, you know, an idea. It can can be a guiding idea, you know. But who would know? Do you know what I mean? Who would know that? It's nobody's many claim to know. But I... I just I see that as an unknowable thing. I mean, I see that as like if if there is, and I like to think you know. I mean, if you read um, Driftless Area, you know, you'll get my idea of um, what happens and what might happen when people die. So I like to believe there is something, but I don't think anybody would know what it is. You know. Chaos and 
or the, whatever the opposite of order is. Um, but there's, there's there is the sense of chaos, chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you should read Driftless Area if okay. you're interested in that because it talks a lot about why things happen the way they do and mortality. One reviewer had this great phrase sort of um, Midwestern paranormal noir. <laughs> Which I feel like is a, it's as a genre, I kind of got it to myself. You know, it's like very specific. So, you know, I'm not sure who else is in that, you know. But. The masterpiece of Midwestern paranormal <laughs> Right, right. I, I thought that was a, a beautiful way of putting it. Um, so that might give you some idea of what the what's going on there. But if you want, yeah, if you're interested in like the question of chaos and chance and predetermination. Do you see that as a as one of your defining themes? I mean just even just hearing you I don't know. Fast. I told okay. you I don't know like the themes. You know. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> <laughs> but Faust next and then maybe back to Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised okay. if I get to keep working, you know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if I get back to him again. Has being back in Iowa, does it, would it make you want to write about grass country? Would it make it, make it more difficult perhaps to write I'm not about? sure. That's a okay. good question. I haven't really found out. I mean, I didn't live there very long before I came to Berlin. And um, obviously, well, not obviously, but all of the other books about with Midwestern settings have been written on the East Coast or West Coast. So, I don't know. But yeah. I did know this, that I wanted to go back and live there for a while. Because, you know, to be near my family. And, you know, I have some friends still, you know, from high school and stuff. Mm. So. Every, everyone returns to grass. Yeah, school. yes. I think, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm probably wrote that line not realizing that <clears throat> that was actually connected to an eventual reality. Okay. Is it quite weird to have this almost this deluge of the books coming out all at, all at once and, and yeah. almost I mean, seeing a body of work? You really have to, you know, you're shifting gears and so yeah, I mean, I'm sort of operating in kind of deep memory mode to try to remember what it was like to work on these these books and uh, and then and a different one in every place. So, um, but what happens is, you know, because one, if you're nearby, you know, it's much easier to go from Berlin to London than it is to go from Mason City, Iowa to London, you know. So you end up doing events, and, and we had a great event last night. So yeah, I'm trying to, one of the things I'm trying to do, and to, to instead of just locking myself in my office, um, at the academy is to also do events around in and around Berlin. We're doing something Monday night at the uh, English Theater for Driftless Area or Das Land, which is what it's called in Germany. I'm not like a I'm not like a you know natural performer or anything. So I'm trying to sort of get better with doing like interviews and and readings and things like that because I feel like I should be able to. But again, you know, I always say, like, uh, you know, of course, it's only natural that somebody who works alone in a room all the time listening to imaginary voices would be able to get up and be really entertaining to a crowd, you know? It's like, yeah, that's totally logical. But, um, yeah, so I'm trying to get, I'm trying to enjoy these 
appearances. You've been incredibly generous. Though. I, you know, I could keep you here really all day and then follow you back to Berlin to ask even more questions. <laughs> and what was going on with uh, what happens to the Albert's band? And um, but I, I, I look forward to reading the, the next episode. What happened to Albert's band? Yeah. What did happen to Albert's band? You know, I haven't written about that. Uh, <sighs>